War II, an elite U.S. commando team was placed in cryogenic suspension as an emergency contingency plan. The horrific release of Agent Cunning, an unsuspecting population, prompted their revival. These one and half MMO experts, modified by super science, have dedicated themselves to providing insightful, humorous commentary in the hopes of preventing future catastrophes of the Age of Conan Magnetic. If you're playing or making a crappy MMO, and if you can find them on iTunes, you can listen to the M Team. Listen to those channels. Thank you for downloading episode 122 of Channel Massive. We have another special guest host in this show, one that has never been on the show before. Very TV's Conan O'Brien. <laughs> oh, wait, <He> no. <laughs> <laughs> That's episode no. 123, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys see that clip where he brought the Bugatti on? Yes. Brian? Oh my god, that was hilarious. <laughs> Alright, sorry, sorry. Continue. <laughs> there she is. Tangential <laughs> already. That's our special guest my host mom. in this episode, Terror. Uh, or, how is it pronounced? Did you say Mythos Engineer? Mythos Engineer. There we go. She says it so much better than I do, which I count on her pronunciation. <laughs> Well, it's my name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for people who are unfamiliar with you, do, would you like to share anything about your epic gaming skills and achievements or what it is that you typically like to play or the MMOs that you like or the game systems that you like? Uh, I, I'm not sure that I could be classed as epic, but... Uh, uh, <laughs> your gamer score is epic. It's not epic. It's not even supposed It's like 28,000 or something. Oh my god, it's not. It's, uh, it's my game is gone. It's not even 20,000 yet. Mine's four points. <laughs> it's almost in the negatives by now. <laughs> it's 18,405. Oh, but, that's all. <laughs> my game is gone doesn't matter. It's just numbers. It is, at the end of the day. Uh, let me see my systems. I play mostly on PC games, uh, the 360, uh, the PSP, and the DS. Oh, you you uh, mentioned earlier that you really like Legend of Zelda. Do you play Spirit Tracks yet? I haven't played any of the newer games on the DS uh, Zelda yet, because You're every so time nice. I go to get them, they're sold out. Oh, Painful. So I, can, I know it is. I love Zelda. Well, good, but uh, I've been able to get them yet. But they are on my list of things to buy. Um, my favorite genres are whatever I'm playing at the moment. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> my favorite and game of all time, Final Fantasy IV. Oh, that's a really good one. That's my favorite Final Fantasy too. Yeah, it's. The best, nice really, just most awesome character. Yes. So much and, for my hopes of you two arguing. 
<laughs> well, well, speaking of arguing earlier, you were saying off the air that you both have very different views of World of Warcraft, and I don't know what that means. So, so it's like this. We'll start talking about WoW, and I'll be like, oh, I can't believe the new expansion is going to destroy Desolus. So I'm like, I'm going to have to just, you know, play the game as it is just one more time so I can spend some quality time with good old Desolus. And she's like, Desolus? I hate Desolus. That's the worst zone in the game. It's crap. Damn in the game. I hate it. I will not go there for any reason at all. And then I'm like, well, at least I'll have Stranglethorn Veil. And she's like, ah! <laughs> so, <laughs> I hate the What a fucking pointless server. So pretty much. Especially if you play on a PvP server, Stranglethorn Veil is like the shit of shit and not in a good way. It's terrible. Yeah, it's like take two steps, get ganked, take two steps, There's get ganked. There's nothing good about either of those zones. <laughs> I love those zones. On PvP servers. On <laughs> so PvP, nothing good at all. Not one <laughs> thing, especially now with the random dungeon finder, you don't even have to go to D-Solis to get to Mara Yudin. Right. You just go up for Mara Yudin and you can go right there and you can come right back. You don't even have to go into D-Solis. No point. It's wonderful. So there you go, Noah. How's that for an illustration? <laughs> that does help a little bit. Are you both planning on getting Cataclysm? Yeah. Yes. Okay. be interesting to hear what your opinions are of that once it comes out. If, if you're in unison there, if you're in harmony. Well, there'll be one zone I, that... <laughs> just for the biggest reason is flying in Azeroth. Yeah, that's going to be cool. Oh yeah! <laughs> Just out of curiosity, what of the which of the new races do you want to start a new character in first, if at all? Um, I will make a Wargan Druid, even though it's because uh, I just think the idea for Wargan are just awesome. They should have been hard. Fuck goblins! God damn it! Oh, well, <laughs> the first, I want to make a Wargan Druid because. <laughs> When I played Diablo 2, I had the druid guy, which turned into a wolf a lot. So it seems like it's a way to realize that dream and wow. So I guess there is an agreement there. That's good. Hopefully you can keep it harmonious. <laughs> yeah, it could be violent, but we'll see. <laughs> Amazon was the best one. Oh, yeah. Javazon? Yeah, should... <laughs> Javazon, of course. Yep. <laughs> In tonight's show, we will be talking about <laughs> we'll be talking about everything that we've been playing, and we have a few comments that'll take the place of our regular emails in our mailbag, and then we've got a set of gaming news, MMO, general, and weird stuff all together that we'll be going through. And we're doing this show over Skype, so the audio quality might not be exactly what you're used to, and Tara's actually calling in from England. So if there's there's occasionally some audio issues, blame Skype. <laughs> not not Mark or Noah or Tara. No. <laughs> yeah. Or you can blame Jason. <laughs> yeah. He's not here to defend himself, why not? But <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get rolling. Someone to hold me tight would be very this episode of Channel Massive is sponsored by UGT Servers. When you order Ventrilo hosting from UGT, you get all the powerful administration features hardcore gamers want and the ease of use that newbie gamers need. With 24-hour tech support, 
13 locations worldwide, and a 15-day money-back guarantee, you'd be crazy not to check them out. Head to UGT-Servers.com for all your Ventrilo hosting needs. Hopefully my dog's going to stop playing with his squeak toy. This is always a challenge for me. I take his collar off so you can't hear him running around, but the longer that I sit at my computer desk, the more he's like, pay attention to me. I'm going to find a really loud squeak toy and run around everywhere squeaking it. Attention. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My my cat's in that sound. They're both right up at the screen. Like, where's the dog? Speakers, <laughs> staring at the speakers, like, oh, what is that squeak sound? <laughs> that was great. Uh, did yeah, you do that yourself, Noah, or did he do that? No, he he did that on his own. Yep, yep. He really wants me to throw his ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, does he? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that means something different or where you're from. <laughs> It's very no. literal here in America. No, I'm just covert. <laughs> I thought the same thing, and I thought, well, he's probably neutered, though, so. <laughs> hey, Mark, are you ready to tell us what you've been playing? I am. Um, it will come as a great shock to everyone that I've been on the... I've been on my League of Legends death march, um, <laughs> basically playing nothing but that game to try to get to the max level in it, and um, not making terrible progress, but I actually finally spent some money on it after all this time. Wow. And I, I unlocked all the all the champions, and I um, got this other thing that makes me level faster for seven days. So That's uh, why you bought it, huh? That was pretty much the reason. I also wanted to see some of these champions, like what they were like. Because it does this rotating thing where it'll let you play a subset of the champions and it rotates through. But I kind of wanted to see how a couple of them played because what I like to do is the ones that are giving me trouble in the game, I like to try to play them to understand how it is that they work, to try to find a weakness. So I've been doing that a little bit. I actually got uh, Blameful Gecko to play a game with me. And I'll, I'll tell you, it was really funny because it was his first game. But because we were teamed up with him and some of my friends from the game, we were in a really tough bracket, and we lost. And and so because we were losing so bad, I started resorting to just taunting. So he saw like the worst side of me in, in a game where it's like I just was relentless and started going after everybody. And it was really funny because it's like it does like the Unreal Tournament thing where it's like such and such is godlike, you know. And and right when it said that, I like jumped out of the shadows and nuked the guy and killed him. And then I, I taunted him with not so godlike after all. And that like set the other team on fire. They were so mad. <laughs> they were just going off and Eric was cracking up. He was like, this is insane. And uh, he felt really bad because he thought he was the one that caused us to lose. But when I looked at the score at the end, actually one other guy who had played a lot of games had died one more time than Eric had. So it he was actually doing really well for his first real you know match in the game uh, it was a lot of fun so even even losing but that <laughs> has pretty much been my gaming experience for the week just doing that game over and over did you find any new heroes that you liked in your unlocked set 
I found some that I kind of liked the ones that the ones that have been trouble for me, but I don't like any of them as much as Tristana, the the little um, nurgling gunner. She looks like a little Smurf. I, yeah, I just love playing her. So, but she doesn't stealth, right? No, she has no stealth. But it doesn't matter because she carries a cannon in her hand that's like the size of an actual cannon somehow in, in her <laughs> arms. And so it's like, yeah, they see me coming, but there's it's still not much that can be done to avoid me. And then because you can like bunny hop over stuff, it it's really you know a pretty good <laughs> character. That's pretty much my my gaming experience. Waiting for Star Trek Online to start uh, the the uh, jump. The head start starts tomorrow night in the states here, so I'm gonna Ooh. jump in on it. That's right, you, me, and Blameful Gecko. Yeah, although I hear you and Blameful are doing something else tomorrow night. So, well, um, no, not me and Blameful Gecko. Actually, oh, tomorrow and, night I'm gonna play Jason. again with Jason. Yeah, I've That's been right. really anchoring for some more Left for Dead Two. And it turns out that Jason was as well. So we've set an online zombie massacre for tomorrow night. And I cannot <laughs> wait. I'm really awesome. excited about it. So in the next episode, I'll be able to tell you about that and give you some more updates. And I'm sure that Jason's going to be even better than he was the last time. He was really down on himself. He's like, I suck. I can't do this. And da, da, da. Last time he played, but he's actually doing great, I thought. And I'm sure he's only going to continue to... Kill more, more zombies. Yes. <laughs> Shall fine-tune his skills. You should watch Zombieland and take some pointers from Woody Harrelson's character. He oh, had it down. I love that movie. Yeah. Now, as for the games that I've actually played this last week, thinking, no Star Trek Online because I wanted to wait until the live start. It's actually all been Tatsunoko versus Capcom, which just, which just came out for Wii on Tuesday. And I actually played that with... Blameful Gecko and Tidman, who's a co-host of mine from the Dojo Show Go podcast. And that game is just so much fun. If you ever loved playing Marvel vs. Capcom 1 or 2, or really that game, <laughs> which I love. That game replaced my love of Street Fighter 2. Street Fighter 2 used to be my favorite 2D fighter, and then I played Marvel vs. Capcom, and there was no looking back. And this game is like a really great spiritual spiritual successor to that title even if i don't know half of the roster because it's all obscure 1970s and 80s cartoon characters japanese cartoon characters oh wow and you're bringing that over sunday night right yes oh yes. hell yeah it's great because it's a it's not like marvel versus capcom 2 where you have three person tag team but it's actually two person tag team so it's one player versus one player and each player has a uh two characters that they can pick or there's these two giant characters, one that's a Capcom and one that's a Tatsunoko character. And they actually are as tall as the screen. And when you pick that, you can only play as just that, that one character. So you can't tag in and out, but, oh, it is so freaking cool. Wow. And Blameful Gecko, if, if you, listeners, you recall, he is just an explosion of energy and conversation and jokes and tangents and all this other stuff. And we got onto Skype so that we could chat because Nintendo Wii still has no worthwhile online uh, <laughs> speech program. And I'm not going to buy that stupid little speakerphone thing that they have. You so we got the on health Skype. monitor. What? The health monitor thing. Yes, the vitality sensor. That will, yep. that will solve all my problems. Definitely. Um, we got into Skype and 
he's naturally good at this game and he's just like talking about all these things at once, totally not related to the game. And it's, I'm like, and he's beating me. And I'm just like, this is getting beat. Oh, it's not cool. It was my very first time playing the game. I'd never played it before. I just jumped into online with Tidman and Blameful Gecko. And so I didn't even know how to control the game. I'd read the, a bit of the manual during my lunch break at work, but I didn't know anything. But and I was just like, how can he be talking about all these things and like asking me questions, telling me all this stuff, and be beating me? But eventually the tables turned. Oh, good to hear. <laughs> and I started beating him, and he would like lose his train of thought. He's like, whoa, wait, what, what just happened? And he's like, what was I talking about? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> that's great there was one moment where that happened <laughs> like a house of cards it all fell apart when you yeah. started beating him well, what's cool about Eric that's his real name is that he doesn't let it get him down he just picks another character and jumps right back into another battle he could have gone way into like 3 in the morning if <laughs> I think if if I were if I had had their energy but unfortunately I didn't so hopefully soon we'll be doing that and Star Trek Online so this is kind of a story of things to come awesome Last but definitely not least, our very special guest guest co-host, Tara. What would, what have you been playing this last week? Um, World of Warcraft, um, Assassin's Creed Two. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you've completed uh, that game every which way from Sunday. Yeah, Assassin's Creed One as well. I still have a couple of the flag achievements to finish off on that. Um. Oh, I got Dark Sector, which um, I was going through. Oh, it's a, an aggravatingly awesome game. And um, I've also been playing Devil May Cry 4 a lot again. Wow, that is and, a hard uh, game. And Crisis Code. It's, it is a hard game. It hurts my hand a lot. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> All the super snazzy style combos and everything, but it's fun to get the high ranks on each, but it's it hurts my thumb a lot. And uh, Crisis Core and Dissident. I've been playing a lot of older games actually recently. I don't know nostalgia or something. <laughs> I, do I do that a lot. I go, oh man, I I remember like you know oh, what Curse of the Azure Bonds being such a great game or something like that, and then you fire it up and you're like, wow. <laughs> Oh, there's one game that happens that happens to me all the time. It's for the Commodore 64 called Go Go the Ghost. Oh wow! Uh, it is one of the in my head. It's the best game ever made in the whole world. Every time I go out to play, I'm like, God, this is balls. Oh yeah, I do that all the time. <laughs> and then, I start, and then I, a year later, I'm thinking, God, Go Go the Ghost was such a fucking awesome game. And I go back and play it. I'm like, this is shit. It repeats <laughs> no. itself over and over and over. When you say you go back and play it, are you actually playing it on, on a vintage Commodore 64 or on an emulator of some sort? An emulator. I do not have a Commodore 64 anymore, sadly. <laughs> yeah, those were awesome. Yeah, they were. That's the first system I remember playing was Go Go the Ghost on a Commodore 64. Wow. It's amazing yep. that it's so ingrained in you that you still go back to it over and over <laughs> It's horrible. Mule as well. Do you ever play that game, Mule? Oh Mule. gosh, yeah. That's I totally know what you're talking about. <laughs> I liked Mule and Archon. I was a big Archon player. Oh yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's actually the game I was thinking of when you're talking about that. Yeah. Wow. Now I'm just 
now the nostalgia's got me. I might yeah, have totally to go, makes you guys. want to go back and Sorry. play. It. <laughs> gotta take a break. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, take a break and play some but Attack of the Luminous Big Twenty. The mule I remember was the original one for the Atari Eight Hundred, not the ported version to the Com Sixty Four. Oh yeah, yeah that's what I, I played on. Yeah, I don't think I ever played the Sixty Four one. I did. That was an awesome game. Who would have oh, thought dude. economics would be so fun? Oh, I know. Do you, do any of you, without looking, remember what Mule stood for? <laughs> oh, I wish. No. <laughs> no, I don't. What is you? it? Do you remember? <laughs> Multiple use labor element. Oh, awesome. <laughs> that is impressive. We've been schooled. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, your elite retro gaming score just went up by 5,000 points. <laughs> is, is that everything for everybody? I played Prince of Persia earlier this week. Oh, I love the Prince. The the 360 version or the old PC version or the re-release? Uh, the 360 version and as well the DS Sands of Time version. I have all of the Prince of Persia games. Which prints do you like better, the one from the Sands of Time trilogy or the newer one on 360? It's all the same prints. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same prints, reborn. It is not a different prints. I don't care what the developers say. I know the truth. It's just like Zelda where there's like 50 different links across so many different no, timelines. It's the same link. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the same Zelda. Yes. You should play Spirit Tracks, though, because they distinctly talk about other Zeldas and other links in it. It's kind of weird. So it's very, very good. I highly, highly recommend it. Enough uh, console video game talk, because I know some of our listeners might get a little aggravated. <laughs> let's, get back into, let's get back into a regular format and go into our mailbag feedback section. I don't know, after a while I just got so fucking pissed off at achievements because it's like, I like to raid and all, but once I've killed a boss, I don't give a shit if we kill the boss one minute earlier than we did last time. <laughs> it's like, alright, we killed the fucker. I don't want, I don't, I, We have some feedback, not by the traditional channels of email. Instead, we decided to pick some comments. <laughs> Welcome to our level of professionalism, Ter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> Instead, we wanted to pick some comments from... Uh, some belated responses to Jason's departure over on the blog, channelmaster.com. Responses to episode 119 from One Shard and Copper Topper. One Shard mentioned, you mentioned the poor performance in War's large-scale battles. They've fixed a lot of stuff, and you can get smooth 100-plus battles. Take a look at the video. Sorry to see Jason go. Maybe he will be back in 2011 when there's a Star Wars MMO that comes out. What do you think, Mark? Well, I know Jim has promised to return at that time. So Promised or threatened? 
<laughs> I get well to some a promise to others a threat. Uh, <laughs> but I, I imagine he and Jason will arrive in the studio arm in arm, ready to ready to rock <laughs> with their new space age headsets, wearing their matching uh, jumpsuits. So or yeah, their matching I, Jedi I, robes. Or their Jedi robes. Yeah, that that could be. You know, it could. Well, Jason will be a Sith. There's no doubt about it. You know, and, <laughs> that's true. And Jim will be one too. So they'll. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be interesting to see, like. Jedi do though. What's that? The Sith have a better fashion sense than the Jedi do. Definitely. Seriously. Brown Definitely. and tan. What the fuck? Yeah, the <laughs> the Jedi thing is like has been so done, you know. But the. The Sith t- tend to get into cool stuff like tattoos and crazy black on black stuff. So um, the only thing that'll be interesting will be to see which one is the master and which one is the pupil, you know, but because um, like it could be cool if like Jim is constantly cowing Jason, you know, so uh, they, they could be yeah, little Padawans or whatever they're called. What are they called? What are, well, that's the Jedi. With the Sith. I think it's Apprentice, yeah. isn't it? Oh, yeah, I guess so. I think it's just bitch. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to ask Jason, Jim, that which one of you is going to be the bitch, or are you both going to be bitches? <laughs> we, we have it on high, high authority <laughs> from Tara. It sounds like Sith. Apprentice, Padawan, they're not going to have that. You know what they say, bitch, get over here, all right? Yeah, exactly. We're going to be some awesome Sith lightning bolts today. <laughs> <laughs> Be bitch, bitch Jason and bitch Jim pointing us from the dark side. <laughs> Look out, 2011. Here they come. What happens in one year? What's that? All of this happens in one year from like yep. this entire year. Then they come back in 2011 and suddenly yep. they're like futuristic Sith bitches. Yeah, that's the way I see it. Alright. I suppose that works. I think they're yeah. in a vision quest right now together. They are. There's a lot of peyote involved, but yeah, they're <laughs> in the desert somewhere. Have either of you heard anything about Warhammer's on uh, large scale battles being any better? I I haven't checked into Warhammer in a long time, so I don't know. I um, have No. Did you play I, it, Ter? I I did play it for a few months and then I thought to myself, this is shit. And I stopped playing. <laughs> That's like the, the no one I had that thought. Yeah. <laughs> what did you play as? I don't even remember. I was very sad that I couldn't uh, play Slanish properly. And, uh, and so I didn't want to really play it. Chaos is the awesome, of course. But I really wanted to play like a totally dipsh. And... Uh, I wasn't able to, and it's just the gameplay was horrific, and there was so much lag, and it was crap, and I hated it. It was a long time ago. I don't really remember. Let's not let's not take her back. It's obviously an unhappy place. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it did not live up to my ex. I was crushed because it. it uh, I really enjoy uh, 4K. Um, oh yeah. And just, uh, I had high expectations of the MMO, and they were all just destroyed. <laughs> now, when you see a guy talking about 
something with a lot of passion. He's wearing um, white sunglasses with a British accent. Do you want to just like pummel it? <laughs> Stab them in the <laughs> Stab them in the what? In the mouth. Oh. <laughs> Every once in a while, Skype will drop out your signal, and I just wanted to make sure I definitely heard that. <laughs> Our next response is from Copper Topper, who said, Jason, we will miss you on the podcast. Also, I was wondering, who's the show's DJ? I'd always assumed it was Jason, and if that's true, I will miss you even more. The music was always interesting and somehow always perfectly suited to the shows. I even have a favorite episode based on the music selection. For instance, the episode that was interrupted by Mark getting the call from his pregnant wife. (laughs) One of my all-time favorites, just for the tunes. Anyways, we'll miss the chemistry of the three of you. Copper Top. Oh, Oh, it's so sad. Well, so we, we take turns as the DJ. So it's like whoever's editing the podcast will be the in charge of the, the musical interludes and such. And so for the first, I don't know, um, 50 or so, probably I was pretty much the sole editor, um, with Jim eventually taking some rotations. And then we kind of started to, to mix it up a little bit as far as who was doing the editing with Jason doing a lot of the majority later. Um, and, and it's interesting because everybody has their own way of picking the music and, I liked to use old um, game soundtracks in the beginning. So a lot of the time I'd have like the soundtrack to Hexen or Heretic or Doom or something like that going as the musical interludes. And then sometimes you just feel like you want to rock out and I'd throw in, you know, like, I don't know, some Beastie Boys or something like that. But uh, it's definitely an interesting, interesting thing to to try to come up with the the way to you know segue from one segment to the other, I don't know what your thoughts are on it, Noah. But kind of. I tend to just pick things at random. <laughs> <laughs> you don't oh. agonize for hour on hour on hour on end. No, when you have to edit more than one podcast a week, <laughs> no, that's... you're just like whatever gets the job done. I do remember that, for the record, I remember that episode where I got the call that my wife was in need of going to the uh, hospital. (laughs) I was, and we had to drive through a blizzard to get there, which was really crazy. That was a (laughs) funny night. It'll be interesting to see what listeners think as Mark and I continue to take the editing musical interludes in new directions of randomness and intricately planned situations, but... Hopefully you still like it. <laughs> the music has always been well good. It's one of the best parts of the show. Well, thank you. Thank you. That's cool. That wraps up our feedback and our mailbag and all of those things. And so we will now be getting into MMO news. Uh, speaking of something like that, have you ever noticed, um, you play hard, right? Yep. So this this is why I talk again. Have you ever noticed the blood elves? Whenever you talk to them, the guys are like, um, they sound really emotional, but the women just sound incredibly bored. Like you walk up to a guy and you click him, and he's like, "Death to all those who oppose us." But if you yeah. talk to, if you talk to the women, they're like, "Death to all those who oppose." Yeah, us. it's like it's almost <laughs> like they're just citing a litany. Death to all that oppose us. The blood of the night elves will be upon our hands. Tomorrow we will destroy the drain eye. How are you doing? I hadn't thought of it, but you're totally right. 
damn dispassionate uh, blood elf women. That's probably why the the male blood elves go for the orc women. I know that's got to be it. Yeah, this explains a lot. The blood elf women are always high, and yeah. they're sitting sitting there, bored <laughs> out of the fucking. <laughs> 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 trying to be serene and <laughs> oh that's great see that's a perfect observation right there <laughs> I spent too much time in a while <laughs> American boy hey Jason what time is it it's time for the weekend gaming Let's get into some MMO news. And how about we start off with the bad news first? Let's not end with the layoffs. Let's start with the layoffs. Mark? Layoffs. You want to talk about layoffs? Oh, no, that's playoffs. Oh, no. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it looks like um, Red 5 Studios is, uh, is in the midst of doing or has done some layoffs as of um, December of 2008. Um, they, they've laid off 30 people. Um, this was a studio that was working on a on a undisclosed MMO that was supposed to be a really cool like first person shooter type MMO thing, I guess. But it looks like it didn't. Ha- it's not going to happen, or at least it's going to be severely impacted. Um, I'm thinking based on this that they should have they should have probably gone with with maybe a, a different name like Red Three because. <laughs> Red 5 was Luke Skywalker, and he actually destroyed the Death Star, but Red 3 was um, Biggs Darklighter, and he, he didn't make it. He was Luke's childhood friend. What about Red 13? I, I, I don't know. Do you know who Red 13 was? <laughs> There's what? another uh, reference he'll never get because he hates Final Fantasy. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> My God. Yeah. And I am crushed. I'm so sorry. I, just, I think it's because I tried to play... Final Fantasy Eleven, which is uh, nothing like the Final Fantasy games. But. I think um, earlier the earlier today, I was talking to a friend, and uh, we were going over like different amounts of games that we own, and I own thirty-two Final Fantasy games. Whoa! <laughs> that sounds like you have the authoritative collection. <laughs> I am I am very I'm I'm a Final Fantasy fan gal. I will admit it. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> Two but thumbs up. Red <laughs> thirteen. <laughs> you didn't get it. Or no no. He's a just for your reference, Mark. It's a um, an anthropomorphized red tiger type character from Final Fantasy VII. That's who Red Thirteen is. Oh, okay. <laughs> got it. Oh, sorry. I probably should have explained that one. That's a great tangent, though. Um, okay, not that I detoured your interesting article away from it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, um, there, anyway, this is all covered in a Gamma Sutra article where they just talk about <laughs> what, what Red 5 was doing and what's what happened. The, the interesting, the interesting Here's where Mark dismisses the entire news story. Yeah, they were laid off. You can read about it. On <laughs> well, I know because I'm trying to get to something really catty about the whole thing, which is which is what is more entertaining to me. It's what the listeners want. <laughs> well, and that's what the listeners want. So yeah, so it's tragic. It's the end of the career careers of thirty or so people. 
and the you know end of a dream for a game company most likely. But what's more interesting to me is the fact that um, so the former EA exec Mitch Lasky, who is I guess the CEO for Red Five, had published a sharp and widely circulated critique of EA's management business model in his blog, and that was just oh, yeah. a couple of weeks back. And so they, you know, so he he took this major shot at EA and was like, you know, talking like he was he was on top of things, and then his company basically falls apart. And uh, from um, the EA corporate communications VP Jeff Brown told Gamma Sutra the following: Now that Red Five Studios is bankrupt, Mitch Lasky can devote more time to giving business advice on his blog. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. That is Kenny, <laughs> they're, you're right. They're all good friends. <laughs> things are things are good, and 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 having having your company just explode, uh, it pro- and being back on the job market, most likely, it's probably not a, a been a good thing to have uh, antagonized EA. But there you have it. That's where he's at. <laughs> Mark's always finding the kernel of truth and. The, the moral of the story in all of our news. <laughs> the moral is, of the story is don't burn your bridges right before your company implodes. <laughs> so our next piece that of news is... No what was that? That makes no sense. Don't burn your bridges before your company explodes. <laughs> <laughs> well, the sparks will travel from the burning bridge to your company's stock load of bombs. <laughs> or something. Oh. Okay, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Together. Yeah. <laughs> Owned. Okay. The next story is actually about EverQuest 2. Yes, they're going to have their very own battlegrounds. And maybe that'll uh, get Terry to go back and spend another three years in the game. I yeah. don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like they're going to feature three different battlefields. There's the Battlefield of Ganak, or I like to call it Gank, even though that doesn't work, um, which is a capture the flag type thing with six person groups kind of an outdoor arena type thing. Then they're going to have the Smugglers Inn, which is a, a 24 person group, and it's a territory holding type uh, based battleground. And then they're going to have the Gears of Clackanon, which is Hold the Relic, um, six-person group. And the environment is described as an in- industrious clockwork foundry containing scientific equipment in motion. So that sounds graphically cool. So is this just basically like Warhammer scenarios? Yeah, pretty much, or, or WoW Battlegrounds. Um Hopefully it's more compelling than WoW Battlegrounds and closer to the to the war scenarios, which I thought were a little better done. But they have a they also have a fourteen free uh, fourteen day free trial for this um, for EverQuest two, so you can give it a shot. I don't know what all you'll be able to to see, you know, in that time. But anyway, kind of interesting. Any thoughts? I think that the last thing that would ever get me to go back to EQ2 would be anything to do with PvP. Wow. I hate PvP. <laughs> I think it works out and pointless. So, so you, you probably won't want to be playing some League of Legends anytime soon? <laughs> uh, you know what? I downloaded League of Legends, and I installed it. And then 
for some reason I uninstalled it in like serious <laughs> rage and I can't remember why. <laughs> I just remember being incredibly angry for some reason and be like, fuck the shit. And I uninstalled it and I got Let's destroy. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> it's very strange, but as far as EQ2, I, I'm not sure. I mean, there are people who uh, who will enjoy that. I just completely... <laughs> I'm sitting here trying to remember why I uninstalled League of Legends now. <laughs> <laughs> Was it something I said? <laughs> <laughs> I, for a while, I actually did play on a PvP server. In EQ2, I played on Medical. Oh, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> but then I got angry <laughs> at the retards, and uh, <laughs> I, went, I went back to Splitpaw. But when I first started, I played on Luke and Delaire because I really wanted to roleplay. And I did roleplay for a very long time. It was awesome. Oh, that's cool. But then, but then as it occurs... In all MMOs, the roleplay gets squished out by retarded power gamers. Yep. And so I moved all my characters to Splitpaw, but then when they came out with uh, Nagafen and Venikar, I made a Dark Elf Druid, and it was actually pretty fun. For a long time, my, my character got a lot of server-first uh, items and all that stuff, but... Uh, the PvP in EQ2 is just like, oh, these idiots. It's all that... My coherent speech pattern is gone now. <laughs> Her bridge is burning. I can't see how, how Battlegrounds in EQ2 would be a good idea. A lot of the comments that I've seen around this on different posts have said much the same thing, like... That that's not a game that people have traditionally looked to for a really good, solid PvP experience. So it tends to consist of people who are after, you know, kind of different goals. So yeah. it's like, wow, of all the things that they had to spend their time on, you know, maybe that wasn't the one thing that yeah. they they should have done. But I'm not going to say that one is better than the other as far as EQ2 and WoW goes. But there is a genuinely different type of person who will play EQ2. Two who will play WoW, right. and the type of person right. who plays EQ two on the majority is not going to benefit from Battlegrounds, and I think this was a really stupid idea that Sony had. Yeah, I kind of I agree do. with you. <laughs> no, of course, very much opposed. This is the killer app I've been waiting for for EQ two, and he'll be signing up tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already downloading my 14 day free trial. Oh, that's why our sound quality is coming and going. <laughs> Just kidding. What do you think, Noah? <laughs> Class oh. race stats now. D- dark, dark elf. <laughs> <laughs> very, very, very dark elf. That's uh, that's all I could think of. I don't know what else there is. Are there Ixar in that? I don't know. I played an Ixar once yes. in EverQuest one. Ixar, awesome. I had an Ixar Monkaniki one. Very cool. Yeah. I had an XR Necromancer, I think, if I'm remembering my classes correctly. Yeah, his name was Jebo Sunflower. <laughs> oh, that's epic. Nice. 
<laughs> reptilian necromancer. I can't think of a more natural, awe-inspiring <laughs> name. I know. That's exactly why I chose it. <laughs> Sunflower. <laughs> Moving into another game that I actually played, Age of Conan. They are... Funcom is working feverishly on the Rise of the God Slayer expansion, which includes, if you've been following it, a tiger mount. And just this week, the wolf mount has been revealed. And the wolf mount, like the tiger mount, requires a, an actual set of quests where you capture or steal or something the wolf as a baby, and then you go through quests to help teach it how to smell out prey, smell out opponents that are hidden, understand whether humans should be eaten or not, and act as a (laughs) general monster. And then, of course, wolves traditionally aren't ridden around by people, so that's also another quest that you get the wolf used to being ridden by a person, and you put a special harness on it. And I think the most striking thing, I think the idea of getting a mount while it's a while it's a baby and helping it grow and training it and teaching it all sorts of things and getting it to act uncharacteristically from what the animal normally would do. I think that's a really cool concept. Now the actual design of the wolf mount is really gross. (laughs) In this case, the tiger looks cool. It looks like a, an angry tiger, but the wolf mount, the wolf looks like it's been through a a couple cage fights and, uh, and generally, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's been through the Michael Vick quest line. (laughs) Yeah. And it looks pretty hideous. I think that if I were to have a choice, I would choose the tiger in this case. And I'm not sure. It definitely looks like it fits within the world of Conan. So I'll give two thumbs up for that. I don't know if I'm going to play Rise of the God Slayer or not. These mounts are kind of a cool incentive, but I stalled in Age of Conan at at level 20, which probably isn't a surprise for a lot of people. And I'm currently more interested in Star Trek Online, but maybe when I get burned out on that, I'll make yet another return journey to Hyboria when the Rise of the God Slayer begins. Cool. I I want to try it out too, but I have to agree the wolf wolf looks pretty. Almost something about him is almost rat like. Yeah. It doesn't really look like a wolf at all. It's got the long legs and stuff, but, yeah, just, yeah. The tiger looks a lot better, I think, as far as catching them. I don't know. It might work, but it just sounds very Pokemon to me. (laughs) (laughs) The idea of catching mounts and training them. (laughs) That might not be that bad of a thing, because I do have most of the Pokemon games, but, I don't know, it just doesn't fit inside... Age of Conan, I think. I don't know. Something's off. Just trying to to reconcile a sensitive barbarian? I think it's more that Age of Conan just is off now. Got it. (laughs) I don't have much more to say about it. We wait with bated breath. (laughs) I played it seriously at first, and I got a ranger up into the 70s. Wow. And then it just started to really, the grind. I play Korean MMOs, and I do love the grind, but it's just something about, 
it pained me to stop playing too because I, I love Funcom fun so much. I still play Anarchy Online. Uh, that's how much I love Funcom. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, and I played it since the beta. I went through the release of AO. I stuck with them. I've played every game they have released and I just cannot play Age of Conan anymore. I don't, it's just, I think the first 20 levels of that game ruins the game for people. They need to revamp the first 20 levels of the game because it makes it out to be this really awesome, fun game full of all these quests and like your own personal story. And then when you're finished with Totage and you go out into the world, it's shit. Yeah, you just. <laughs> It is horrible to get your levels. It's nothing like the first twenty. I think that the big mistake how they how they did that. Yeah, they lead you by the hand and then this the precipice of this giant chasm and throw you in. And yeah, they yeah. Go, There's your game experience from now on. <laughs> and I'm sorry, Funcom. I love you, but Age of Conan is shit. <laughs> Another verdict soundly delivered. <laughs> well, while while we're on while we're on the roll here, how about we talk about Champions Online, which uh, I think is another game you're not too fond of, unfortunately. <laughs> oh no, no, I love Champions Online. Oh, you do? Just, oh my god, I love City of Heroes and I love Champions Online, but I just can't play them for very long at a time because whereas you do have your story and everything, it's the same thing over and over and over. And it's different from like your other MMOs. Like when I played City of Heroes, I had a red red defender and it was the best. Ooh, oh she ooh. was she was so awesome. I could healing teams, it was just fantastic. I love my red red defender. But all you're doing is beating up bad guys in in different instances over and over and over. Or you're like leaping to different places to get your little achievement badges. And it just, it gets so boring after like a month or two. And I don't know why it happens in Champions Online or City of Heroes. And it doesn't happen in like WoW, where every day I do all 25 dailies on five different level 80s. That doesn't get boring for me. But beating up bad guys for a month and a half does. (laughs) I don't know what it is. I do love Champions Online, and I will co- go back to it. I miss my character, Lol. And, uh, but I just, I can't, I'm, I'm not a reliable raider in Champions Online. Are there even raids in Champions Online? My character's only like 30. Wow. Yeah. Just not clicking for you. I don't, well, I do like it. They did release a major update just the other night, where they improved all pretty much all of the powers, added, they actually called this the kitchen sink update because they did all sorts of different things. They corrected some offensive combat value items. The issues with Lemuria not functioning well on systems, those have been ironed out. The Nemesis... And the power, the, the appearance and powers of your nemesis, you can now change those with some in-game currency. There's been some improvements on crafting that it's too technical for me to try to summarize. <laughs> and did stuff things. Yeah. And there's some stuff with team looting. But what I think was really interesting about the state of the game, this first state of the game of 2010 for Champions Online, 
is the stuff that they're teasing that's going to be coming up in future updates. Of course, there's going to be new costume sets that you can purchase. That's not a big surprise. The Blood Moon event that they did for Halloween, that's actually not going to occur on a monthly basis. A day Hmm. before, the day of, and the day after the real world's full moon cycle. That's cool. (laughs) Which is kind of cool. And they're going to be... A lot, they're going to be integra- integrating an Ouroboros-type system that allows you to do flashbacks to major events and champions online war uh, and lore. And also, they have a gigantic new area called Vabora Bay that they're going to unleash. It's a Gulf, it's a Gulf Coast city, so somewhere in the Florida panhandle, I'm guessing, is what it's going to emulate. It's a center of commerce, culture, tourism, and some incredibly strange goings-on. Now, I've been to the Gulf Coast... And uh, I don't know about the culture part. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, whatever just, it is, it's just uh, getting when located in the Gulf Coast. You guys rock. <laughs> it's the, the this area is going to be targeted for level thirty sevens to forty, and it's a mega adventure pack. Stay tuned. Mmm, mega. <laughs> I, I like the last part where it says the apocalypse has come and it rides upon the half angelic, half demonic wings wings of. Eric Keel, whatever the hell that means. Does it really say Mega? They really couldn't come up with a better adjective? Oh, yeah, they called it Mega Adventure Pack. Mega Adventure this Pack. So, level 37 through 40 Mega Adventure Pack. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's as good as Judge Dredd's Mega City 1, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, if anything, you all have had, you at the lifetime subscription mark and Tara, <laughs> your subscriptions run out or not, but you'll have a reason to go back soon enough. Yeah. I I, my subscription. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a wrap for our MMO-related news. We'll be getting into some general news next. But first, we'll take a break. He'd keep his fishing higher somehow, so that that would show up under his tag was like Prime Grandmaster just- Fishman. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, just a matter of keeping your fishing up to a certain level so that that would appear as your title instead of what you actually were. So people would come up to you and see, like, Grandmaster Fisherman and be like, oh, you're a fisherman, you don't do anything but fish all day. And you're like, oh, really? (laughs) Of course, it said he was a Dreadlord Grandmaster Fisherman, so that might have indicated something was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Like, how could you be that evil? It's a fisherman. Like, do you just hike your rates up for, like, herring and cod or what? You know? But... <laughs> yeah, my cod fishing skills. <laughs> I don't know what to say about this story. <laughs> it's basically... Assassin's Creed DLC is awesome, and you should get it at the end. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Battle of Foley, and um, you met Katarina Sforza in, uh, when you played already. She was the chick that helped you on the boat to go to Venice. And so you've got to, like, save her. I don't want. I don't want to say too much about it because it's it's truly epic. It's an epic scenario. It's well good. It's sequence twelve because uh, you missed two sequence on your way through. Spoilers, by the way. And 
<laughs> and so you get to, you get to go back and do this one now. It's it's just epic. It's well good. And and it's not expensive. No, no, it's uh, it's only like three hundred and twenty points. I'm not sure that's like for American dollars or something. I and really it's like fifty <clears throat> cents in a in. <laughs> You're, I can't say how much it is because when I see something I want, I look at how much points it costs, then I go and get the points, and I never look at the price. Yeah, that's their plan. <laughs> so, so I can't really tell you how much it actually costs. It's three hundred and twenty Microsoft points. You can do the math there. How many? Uh, <laughs> how many hours would you say it is? Um, it's not very many. But uh, you've got to do past just basic, uh, the basic battle. So you could get quite a few actual hours out of it. It's like any other scenario. How long did it take you to do the other sequences? It'll probably take you around the same amount of time for this one. Yeah. There you go. Sounds so cool, really though. So it really just depends on the person. Depends on if you have, if you have mad assassin skills. <laughs> Are you elite or do you suck? Are you a noob? <laughs> Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, Derek, considering that you have like every single achievement for Assassin's Creed 2, I'm sure that you are the elite assassin. <laughs> oh, that game right. is well good. I'm, when, I, when I play it, they give me um, I dual wield baby scissors, so that's <laughs> my skill level. Actually, uh, speaking of Assassin's Creed 2, there's also the book Renaissance. It's well good. I recommend you get it. That's it's like a, the story. It's the story of the game put into book format, and uh, it's just it's got more insight and whatnot into everything that you're doing in the game. So don't read it if you haven't read the game. <laughs> right. But, uh, right. It's a welcome book. Is oh that, my God, is that the show? Does that cover Assassin's Creed one and two, or uh, no? It's just it's just Ezio's journey. Oh, okay. Uh, cool. It's called Assassin's Creed Renaissance. Do you think that that book will be showing up on uh, Apple's new iPad, Mark? <laughs> Perhaps, as, as, <laughs> they, as they strive to destroy the Kindle and netbooks and uh, anything else in their path. With a gigantic be. iPod touch? Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's an Onion article that's really funny. Oh, I love because that. Because it's, it's called, the title is Steve Jobs Stays Up All Night to Create iPad in Time for Press Release. And <laughs> and it's like he takes a cafeteria tray and he like duct tapes like something like, um, what was it, 12 I, iPods to, or um, no, 12 iPhones to the back of a, of a, of a plat, little platter like that. And that's what he what he ceremoniously shows everyone at the crowd and everything. They go off as only the youngin can, but it's pretty cool. But uh, but yeah, it looks like they've they've unleashed the iPad, and game developers are going crazy to try to get in line to you know release stuff for this using the uh, the all the you know iTunes as their 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 platform and everything. It's a it's got a nine point seven inch display weighs one and a half pounds and it is available in 16 gig, 32 gig and 64 gig versions with a battery life of up to 10 hours per charge. Um, I could totally see it a little killer as far as 
you know, something to read books on. I can totally see it as a kind of a cool uh, device to to do netbooky type things. And of course, if you already have um, your iTunes subscription set up for your iPhone or your iPod, you can get though you can play the same apps on this, although they will look pretty damn small on that big screen. Um, they said they'll do like some kind of a bit doubling thing if you want, or you can just center them in the middle. So that's all interesting and well and good, but there's been a, a lashback um, from uh, like almost right away from like the electronic freedom foundation and stuff, because basically this is kind of viewed by them as a sort of an assault on PC computing because it's the distribution of all the applications. Everything is so tightly controlled by Apple that there's really no freedom for you to be able to install like a, a development kit and use it like a, you know, a real computer or to install any third party apps that aren't coming through the, the iTunes store, you know? So that, that was an interesting take that I didn't see where people would, you know, kind of call bullshit on it compared to like a netbook or some other, you know, windows based, um, platform. I don't know. Are you going to run out and get one, Noah? I know you're a big fan of the iPhone. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I think the iPad is like a big joke and kind of a disappointment. <clears throat> but to Apple's defense, after you release something as innovative and interesting as the iPhone, it's really difficult to come up with something right after that or make your next creation as they like to call it as as impressive yeah and the the thing is is it's really easy to start ticking off all the things that the ipad doesn't have and what it and it and it doesn't have anything that's truly novel that we haven't seen before there's nothing really exciting about the ui it can't multitask so if you wanted to stream audio or if you wanted to listen to a song via iTunes while you're reading a book. If you like to have double the media, you can't do that. It can only do one thing at a time, which I think is yep. a big shortcoming. That's... And it's expensive. It starts at 4.49 for a 16 gigabyte drive, and you can't upgrade that. You can't add in an extra SD card. You can't expand the memory, and you can't replace the battery as with the iPhone in case it goes gets shot. It's just a lot of bad ideas and it's not even widescreen it's 4.3 and yet they tout it as being something that would be good for watching videos on but if you're going to watch a lot of television series or movies it's going to be letterboxed and plus it's got a really tinny bad speaker so if you're going to watch it with a friend or something you'd have really bad sound yeah and plus it's awkward to hold it's got a funky curve to its back so if you're going to lay it on a desktop and try to type on it which Steve Jobs says is a dream. It rocks back and forth. So it kind of like makes you feel like obligated to buy the $70 real keyboard that it plugs into. But if you're going to do that, you might as well just get a netbook or a laptop. Well, so, yeah. I mean, at that point, you're spending more money than you would on a netbook. Yeah. And so I just see a lot of flaws in it, and there's no gee whiz wow factor to it. Although, all of those criticisms said, the only thing that I would like to see. With it is I'd like to play games on it. And sure. who knows, this could be like the iPod Touch where, yeah, they kind of designed it as a way to save print media and give magazines another way to potentially survive in this digital era. 
but then it could turn out to be that everybody really likes to play games on it because I am hungry for a new, exciting handheld handheld gaming platform. Don't get me wrong. I love my DS. I have tons of games on my DS. I continue to buy mini games for it, and I'm completely satisfied with it, but I would love to have a new, shiny machine, and I'm hoping that this iPad, which I think is an awful name, to add to my <laughs> complaints. I much would have rather preferred the slate. That's way cooler than iPad. But uh I hope that this the design cues from this will at least encourage Nintendo's next handhelds machine, which may be revealed this E three definitely will be revealed next E three if it's not. I hope that that just makes it even sexier. I think that Apple needs to stop making anything. <laughs> Here, here. <laughs> Stop. They're making enough money. Nobody who works with Apple is ever going to run out of money anytime in the foreseeable future. They need to take like five years and not make anything. Nothing. Nothing new. Maybe upgrade their OSs and whatnot over the years, but just not shit. Seriously. This iPad looks like crap. So, so you've heard the, you've heard, you've heard me started off as a person with an iPhone, then, then there's kind of Noah in the middle, kind of on the fence as far as this, and then Tara kind of brings it up with the rear with the whole, just stop, just stop making this crap and polluting us with your bullshit. You know, so. I do like Apple. I think that a Mac is an awesome device for creating music. Sure. Um, yeah. I think that as a gaming platform, it's absolute crap. I appreciate the effort everybody keeps on trying to put games on the Mac, but seriously, it is not a gaming machine. Right, right. It's a media machine, like uh, photo editing, graphic design, and music. It's awesome. Incredible. I do not have an iPhone. I have an Android, because Google on my own accept them happily and uh, I just I do have three iPods though <laughs> so <laughs> they, they do have my money in that respect um, I just think they need to stop making shit I mean my, my mother uh, has, a, uh, has a Mac and my elder sister does too but my mother got Snow Leopard put on her Mac and it completely fucked her computer she has had so much trouble and it's like they go, oh, Macs are so fantastic, you know. But and my elder sister, her uh, her power book, I think they're called, whatever, it's completely fucked as well, and it's in there getting fixed, and it's going to cost like 500 pounds to fucking fix it. And that's another wow. thing. If the iPad breaks or something, you got to send it in, how much are you going to have to pay for that? You You might like the functionality, but it doesn't... Uh, they're so expensive to do anything with. It's like you save up forever to get your iPad, and it's great, and the battery runs out, or the battery burns out, or whatever. How much are you going to pay to get that replaced? Yeah. Apple yeah. always <laughs> charges an arm and a leg for this shit, and it's crap. Yeah. I stand by what I said. Apple needs to stop making crap. Just <laughs> 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 time. Take some time off. Take a vacation. Take a vacation. <laughs> and something that I thought was really interesting, and I freaking cannot find the quote, but Activision Blizzard CEO Robert Kotick 
had some choice words about the iPad, and I'm really kind of surprised what he said because Activision Blizzard is a partner with Apple in terms of gaming. Actually, I think I might have found it. And so for Mr. Kotaku is, of course, very opinionated and uh, (laughs) is known for his uh, challenging remarks. He actually had a, a big complaint about the pricing structure. He said kind of rhetorically to Mr. Jobs, because obviously this was in a real-time conversation, he said, maybe you live in a different America. There is 15% real unemployment, taxes keep getting higher, home equity is evaporated. 500 bucks is a lot of money. You should get out more. <laughs> I was like, wow. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Leave it to Mr. Kodak. <laughs> to say something like that. That's interesting. I hadn't seen that. I like that. And for comparison's sake, the the Kindle was distinctly made only for reading books. Yes, it's black and white, it's not color, but I would be surprised, I wouldn't be surprised if the Kindle was the better device to actually read on because it's designed for reading print output, whereas the iPad is essentially a blown up iPhone. It's got a beautiful screen. It's color. It's also glossy. Is it going to, it's backlit, which the Kindle isn't. Is it going to work as well? I don't know. We'll have to see. And the, uh, the Kindle for its technical inferiorities is only $280. Whereas the cheapest iPad is, as we said earlier, what, 480 or something like that. Yeah. It's yeah. What technical inferiority? It's to read a book. Or listen yeah, to the iPad does, does so much more. <laughs> it slices, it dices, it grates. A Kindle just to read a book. Why do you fucking need color to read text on a screen? That was one of the funniest things I saw was it was a critique against the iPad was that well reading books isn't any more exciting. It's still just black text on a blank background. And I can't believe that somebody actually took the time to write that. And then he immediately wrote after that, well, it is just a book. <laughs> yeah, I want, like, fireworks and shit going on in the background when I'm reading from now on because <laughs> of, like, you know, the the entire culture right now. I, I need, like, all kinds of things happening. So so I'm going to take the iPad and, and do that. <laughs> but, ser- but seriously, like, the Kindle has, like, that whole text to speech thing or whatever it is so you can listen to you can like listen to an audiobook with it really well and, and it's got a really good interface for that so i don't know it'll be interesting it's all, happens. It's all about reading it, it's not meant to surf the interwebs it's not meant yeah. to like do all this fantastic stuff it's a kindle for reading books and occasionally having a book read to you you don't need to be like a technical genius to have this what technical inferiorities? Is, is the text blurry? <laughs> I mean, what, what, where do you... Uh, I prefer a book. I want to have the book in my hands and feel oh, the paper. Yeah. All the way, yeah. I totally agree. Big I'm much time. more into the paper, the feel of the book, the smell of the book. It's way better than an electronic facsimile. Yeah, it is. So, Mark... Well, Yes. Take us into the next story so we can stop our Apple bashing. <laughs> okay. Let's over to Microsoft. Um, <laughs> just kidding. So on Gamma Sutra, they have an interesting article about um, how the Xbox Live indie game sales for 2009 shook out. 
and it turns out that the uh, that Xbox Live is actually a really good uh, distribution channel for indie games, and they have a, a list of like the top twenty Xbox Live indie games. And and Terry and I agree that the first the, the most successful title has the best game ever, which is a game with zombies set in Leetspeak. I love it. It's like so they sold uh, 160,000 copies um, for 2009, made 112,000 dollars, and that's at a price point of one dollar. I think what's funny is the so the quote unquote a perfect massage at number fourteen, which is essentially a vibrator simulation. <laughs> oh wait, there's rumble massage at number six. <laughs> Now, hopefully, neither of those have similar, or Minor Dig Deep does not have a similar theme. I'm not sure. It could. Um, another interesting title that's on here is number 13, which is Drum Kit, which lets you take your um, your rock band or your Guitar Hero um, drum kit and and actually play it as a drum kit without the game, so you can just use it as a musical instrument. That is cool. kind of kind of a cool little little thing for. Well, it looks like it's between two dollars and fifty cents and a dollar as far as points go. But it's just it's just interesting that that this has turned out to be a pretty good uh, way for these indie publishers to get their products out. We always talk about the evil empire that is Microsoft, but wow, you know this works for the little guy. Um, yeah, you know, I thought that the days of the basement developers kind of died in the early 90s as game developer costs skyrocketed. It's really cool that this renaissance has occurred and totally. given people an opportunity to express really original ideas and sometimes kind of cheesy crap stuff. But you, you're you going to always have that. That's always going to be out there and that it's democratized democratized i guess democratizing game development but you still get to get all your really cool stuff your big budget stuff if you want to pay the price but you can also see experimental stuff and see what could be in the future it's really neat i have just noticed game number seven on this list (laughs) 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 it's awesome (laughs) who did i date last night that is i date last it goes perfectly under Rumble Massage. Who did I date last night? Oh, my controller! <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I had never heard of Rumble Massage before, so I just went and Googled it. Guys, do not Google this game. <laughs> going to do it now. Okay. Use your imagination. Rumble Massage. Comes up uh, oh, there's some pictures. Um, which is not bad. Uh, I like that it shows the controller with little little hand drawn um, waves coming out of it. Yeah. Scores a no. zero to three, a zero of three for violence, a zero of three for se- uh, sex, and a zero of three for um, mature content. Because it's truly just for um, massaging your shoulders. Yeah, like yes, over in a. Gizmodo, they had a porn star actually review the Rumble Massage. <laughs> Adult video actress Stoya. Stoya. Uh. Yeah, she said that the Rumble Massage, it's awkward and loud. Would she use it in her professional life? No. Hmm. 
Well, there's actually a video. It's a oh, video. No. Right? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I'll stop right there. <laughs> yeah. That's what you I really miss. Watch the video in your own time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Ultima. So Ultima is being revived as a browser-based strategy game by um, Battleforge, a company based in Germany. Um, pretty crazy. So, so they've taken this 30-year-old Ultima RPG franchise, turned it into an online game, and there's actually a beta for it right now. I applied for the beta, but I haven't heard back from them yet. It sounded like it was just a you were a shoe in if you just went and signed up, but I haven't gotten access um, at this point. Um, anyway, it looks like they're gonna they're gonna use this thing to allow you to to play the most exciting thing possible, which is a web based strategy game. <laughs> And if for those of us who wax nostalgically about Ultima Online and all the previous Ultimas, it probably won't be like that. It'll be more like a, uh, oh, what's the, it'll be the Fallout Tactics of the Ultima line, but some to, to look at and check out. Um, to get to the, to the beta, you can go to lordofultima.com and you can check it out. And speaking of betas, we have a hundred. We have one hundred beta keys for All Odds Online, and if you want to find out how to get that, just listen to our All Odds Online interview, which Eric Blameful Gecko conducted with one of the, with a spokesperson for All Odds Online. Yep. Our last so- general gaming news story actually isn't related to an MMO. It's related to Tony Hawk's Ride, which. If you are a console gamer, you might have seen the skateboard controller that this game launched with back in December. There was a version for 360, PS3, and Wii. And according to Metacritic, all of them have a score of about 44 to 48 out of 100. The game totally bombed. Nobody bought it. It was $120. And a huge disappointment. It doesn't control the way that you think it would. It's actually very difficult to use and unresponsive. And it's kind of interesting. It doesn't, it's, it's basically a a genuine skateboard deck. It's very durable. It is really well built and it doesn't have wheels on the bottom of it. So you put it on your floor and you stand on it. And in order to do tricks and grabs and stuff like that, there's actually little IR sensors on all four edges of the board. And you have to wave your hand over those while also (laughs) tilting the board back and forth to initiate jumps and, grinds and bounce stuff like that and it's the whole hand waving over the sensors thing that just doesn't work and it's a key portion of the game and since it's just broken the game flopped got right. burned. but tony hawk got very vocal in defending his game over in his twitter feed and also in blogs and you'd think a game like this would not be getting a sequel but he's adamantly and defiantly saying that it is going to be and he actually went over to Robomoto. He he said he met with them. That's the developers of the game. And over on his Twitter feed, he said, just met with Robomoto about our next project, and it's already much better than I expected. <laughs> well, after the big flop that Ride was, I hope that it was. I hope that it is. And he also added in an, in an interview back in November, 
As far as I'm concerned, it's all systems go with trying to make at least a sequel for this, because I feel like we've only just really tapped what's possible with this technology. Hmm. Unfortunately, if the people are going to buy that, I'm not sure, because people got really burned with this game. And if he can't make a skateboarding sequel, then he's going to make it into a surfing game or a snowboarding game, which could be cool, but I wouldn't be holding my breath. Yeah, that's too bad. It it's it's cool that he's really sticking with it, you know, and not like just saying, "Oh, it's, it was crap. Um, we're done." You know, it's kind of kind of a character thing that he's like, "God damn it, we came up with this thing and charged you one hundred twenty dollars for it, so we're going to come up with you know more content and in, in the form of new games to use this hardware." But wow, what a bummer! <laughs> he has had such a yeah. good run as far as the gaming you know success goes. This <laughs> Is an accident waiting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> there have not been any stories about people breaking limbs on this thing. There's got to yeah. be. I mean, it has to be. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember when the, the Wii Fit came out. And, like, four months afterwards, I read this article of somebody, like, slipping, trying to do an exercise and breaking their hip or something. But this... <laughs> Honey Hawk ride thing. No stories of anybody breaking themselves yet. It's got to happen. There's got to be something. If we're lucky, I'll have to start surfing uh, surfing YouTube to see if there's any videos of people (laughs) falling off of it. (laughs) Very first Tony Hawk skating game, and uh, it was okay. But I have had no desire to play any of the other games, and I really even just. Where is the fun in this thing? It's not even a, a real simulation of skill. <sighs> it's so stupid. All I can wonder is if this will lead to Tony Hawk's mechanical bull riding at game, <laughs> where where you will you will ride a you know it'll come with this three thousand dollar mechanical bull that you will have delivered to your house, and then there'll be like this really shitty console game that integrates into it that. Shows you on an actual bull. <laughs> no, I was people... to a friend the other day about how stupid these uh, peripherals are becoming. And she was uh, going on about maybe there would be a cooking mama peripheral. And it would just, it would be this, this bull <laughs> on, a wooden, on a wooden surface or simulated wooden because it would have to be plastic because there are electronics inside of it. And little buttons next to the bowl and like the red one would be for chopping onions or something. And uh, <laughs> little motion sensor inside the bowl. And if you're stirring something, you just move your finger around the edge of the bowl. <laughs> we were just trying to God, come that's up with perfect. things that a cooking mama peripheral would come with. It's just <laughs> testament to the stupidity of all these retarded peripheral kind of skateboarding you know, seriously what you know there's got to be an easy bake oven coming out soon with that technology <laughs> totally I had an easy bake oven I burned a lot of food <laughs> well I, that was when I was small I'm very good at cooking now though in a real not an easy bake oven <laughs> <laughs> oh right! In a real oven, <laughs> I was thinking of, like cheesecake oven anymore. master. <laughs> no, I leveled up. <laughs> I leveled up. I no longer use an easy bake oven. <laughs> Your elite oven. That's great. <laughs> we'll be wrapping up with some weird stuff news next. 
another reason I stopped going to Joystick, because they do so many Bayonetta articles, I get totally distracted and just stare at them. <laughs> <laughs> so hot. And in the weird news, we have from the Technologizer website an article called Game Boy Oddities, 13 Strange Lives of the Most Popular Gaming Handhold Held Ever. And this article is awesome because it's got some crazy stuff, and it starts out with the perhaps weirdest use ever, which is where they made this strange helmet thing connected to nitrous oxide for children. Um, the title of it is More Gas, Please, and it's a game. It's called what? Uh, oh, the, the, the caption is called More Gas, Please. But <laughs> the the game itself is called Pedia Sedate, and it was designed as a stress reducer to sedate children at a doctor's office. And your reward for playing the video game is an ever-increasing dose of nitrous oxide, which is a popular anesthetic. And, uh, yeah, um, if you've ever seen that, that crazy video of that kid that has, is like coming off of a nitrous oxide high in the back of his dad's car on YouTube, this, this is how he could have gotten there. Anyway, it's this game these poor kids would play in the in the like dentist office while waiting to be treated. <laughs> it's just there's the picture of it is awesome because it's this total. It looks like a cross between a snorkel and some kind of weird headset, and it's it's a great color of purple. Um, do you think they'll be getting that for your children? Oh, definitely. They also have uh, pictures of a complete, totally charred. Um, Game Boy that survived um, some kind of attack from an American an American soldier had it. I guess it's all charred and just dis- looks destroyed. <laughs> There's a Game Boys used as bricks. <laughs> there are. I'm trying to co- go through the list. There's. It's just some of the things are amazing. Um, you can use it to take your to figure. There's a thing called Gluco Boy. Where you you rig your Game Boy up to figure out what your blood sugar level is if you're diabetic. Um, there's a thing that interfaces with your sewing machine, so you can do all these crazy sewing patterns and stuff. Um, hey, so that that one is pretty cool. I like yeah. that one. It's just it's wild. It's just a whole lot you can do. It looks like, but uh, but anyway, yeah, go check out the Technologizer website and you can see all these crazy uses for a Game Boy. Okay, and then our next story, Ubisoft is trying to protect themselves from piracy by phoning home. Yeah, they've they've announced that their plans are to have constant online authentication for their all their PC games. So this is like um I guess they're getting away from the DRM solutions like Secure ROM and Starforce in order to just have your game basically phone home full time to make sure you're not running a pirated copy. The problem would be is if you're playing a single player game and you're not connected to the inner inner tubes you could have some problems so you'd have to always have connectivity to play these games seems to me to be kind of lame it's like i don't know i understand piracy is a big problem but these ever increasingly invasive protection schemes are just getting really annoying I don't know if you guys have any thoughts, but... Well, isn't that kind of like how Steam works? Don't you have to be logged into Steam if you're going to be playing a game from Steam? You know, that's that's probably true. Um, I I don't actually know. 
I know, I know. You know, you need to start things off with Steam, and I know you can add other games that aren't Steam games into it just so that your profile is shared. But I don't, I don't know if the if the pirate anti pirate protection is such that you, you know, have to be constantly connected or not. It may be. I I just don't know. Seems to me well, though a little invasive. Go ahead. It seems a little weird. Yeah. But you don't really know what they're doing. As far as Steam goes, you do have to be logged into Steam to play a Steam game. And if you try and close Steam, and you're still in the game, it will tell you that it can't close Steam because you're <laughs> still playing the game. Yeah, I guess that is the case then. And I, maybe I'm being a little hypocritical because I I love to play WoW, and they've got the Warden, which is like the 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 king yeah. of invasive <laughs> invasive yeah. game client things, but you know, I don't know. Uh, I haven't really, I haven't really liked about Ubisoft in the past. I mean, yeah. they they brought so many wonderful things like Altair and the Prince and Ezio. So how can I say anything bad about them? <laughs> <laughs> they have you where they want you. They have me completely. They they do have me in their, in their slimy. Monstrous claws. <laughs> <laughs> For our last story, I don't know how many of you are fans of Mortal Kombat, the movie, but you may be getting a new one now that Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment or Warner Brothers Games, also the people who published Batman Arkham Asylum last year, they bought the rights to Mortal Kombat, the franchise, when claim went under, and now apparently a Mortal Kombat, a new Mortal Kombat movie is being mold. Wow. Well, if it if it can beat the last one, I mean, it's got a lot. It's got a tough uphill battle to beat that last shining gem of a movie. <laughs> apparently, a screenwriter Oren Uziel has been hired by Warner Brothers to write the script, but. Mr. Uziel has yet to have any of his written scripts be turned into movies. So if this version of the, if this Mortal Kombat movie reboot or whatever you want to call it, makes it out, it'll be his first one. And another movie news. That's always a good sound sounding thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. First effort ever. And apparently you may remember this. This is a, a bit of a Mass Effect trivia stretch for you. Almost a year and a half ago, which was before, was that before the, no, I guess that was after the first Mass Effect game came out. I think it was about six months after it came out. Uh, A movie was going to be made based on the franchise, and we still haven't heard anything about it since then. But last week, Casey Hudson, who is the project director of Mass Effect 2, he told MTV Movies, we have a tremendous amount of interest from people in Hollywood to make a major motion picture about Mass Effect. But, he added, we're just looking at our options, but waiting to make sure we have something really right before we do it. The most important thing for us is we just don't want to see a movie get made. We want to see a great movie get made, if it's going to be done at all. Hmm. Well, yes. <laughs> if I were going to pick between the two of them, I'd probably pick a Mass Effect movie over a Mortal Kombat yeah. movie, but... On the other hand, I don't know if I'd even want a Mass Effect movie either. I think yeah. a Mass Effect 
a film would be awesome after the three Mass Effect games have already come out. You think it'd be awesome if it was made after the three games? Is that what you said? Yeah, if they waited. Made like an epilogue or something? or a prequel? Well, if, what they generally do when they make these game-to-screen uh, films is they base it on the story that's been already presented. Yeah. And as it is, Mass Effect, only part of the story has been uh, presented so far because it's supposed to be a trilogy or something, isn't it? Yeah. And so it would be kind of an incomplete film, in my opinion. It would suck. <laughs> Since you think are both into World of Warcraft, are you are either of you really looking forward to the World of Warcraft movie? Um, uh, I'm not too excited. No. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I like these sound verdicts being handed down. Yeah. Nay. <laughs> I think maybe... Maybe if it is it going to be all CGI or is it going to be live? I thought it was going to be live. But... Well, whatever it is, I'm sure it'll be in 3D now after the success of Avatar. Oh God, yeah. Oh, Avatar was so oh, what a boring, stupid, retarded film. <laughs> I'm Sorry, glad to hear that. I, I kind of feel I, that way too. I just I hated it so much. I didn't see it in 3D because I can't watch 3D. It fucks up my eyes. But I did watch the film. I almost fell asleep twice during the film. And by the end of it, I was in such a rage. I just, it was stupid. I don't well, see what everybody, I mean, you know there are these like therapy groups now for people suffering from depression about the idea of Pandora not existing? Totally. <laughs> yes. These yeah. people seriously need to get out more. <laughs> did you think that perhaps the, the art direction kind of, I mean, I thought part of it was in Zinger Marsh Swamp and then that crystal tree yeah, thing. Yeah, I got that idea as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, I've seen this before. <laughs> this looks very familiar. It wasn't, it wasn't even very good CGI. People are going on about how innovative and, and everything was about it, but it wasn't. I don't know. I don't know what what crack people are smoking when they go to theaters. But yeah. anyway, Mass Effect movie would not be good yet. I think it would be better if they waited for all of them. Another Mortal Kombat film chills me to the bone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I like I like Mortal Kombat. Uh, I've liked a few of the games. Most recently, Mortal Kombat versus DCU. That was a good game. But, um, no, we, we don't need to do a Mortal Kombat film. No. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. We need yeah. a Final Fantasy. You know what we need? A fucking Zelda film. <laughs> yeah, I think That's that would be sweet. And it needs to be in CGI. I don't want to see no live people because it just it wouldn't fit. I don't think no. an actual person could portray the world of Zelda correctly. It needs to be a CGI film. Yep. It's just, like for, uh, it's just like for the Final Fantasy film, Advent Children. There is no way they could have found people to portray the characters. It had to be CGI. Yeah, I and agree I, with I you. think that for some games, they should just not try live action. Like if it was a Mass Effect film, it should be CGI. Not just the aliens, because sometimes they do like live and they p- 
put people yeah. on CGI and all that stuff. But no, it should be CGI all the way through. Anyway, my rant. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Most of that film, no. Bottom line. <laughs> Right on. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this episode, Terry. It's been really fun. Yeah, very, very good. Enjoyed it a lot. (laughs) Did you actually enjoy yourself, Terry? I did. I was incredibly nervous, (laughs) but I did end up enjoying myself. You did great. You weren't like me. I get quiet when I get nervous. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we hope you can make it back on the show again sometime. Yeah. Definitely. Anytime you want. Awesome. And listeners, if you want to send us any feedback about this episode or questions for Cher, anything that you think might incite her rage or otherwise, (laughs) (laughs) send it to go around. (laughs) (laughs) Send it to mail. M A I L. At channelmassive.com. Or you can also leave some comments over in our. Channel channelmassive.com blog slash website. And maybe you can leave us a tweet at twitter.com slash channelmassive. I don't know. We may or may not see it. <laughs> we'll try. We hope you like the episode and we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.